Friends with Cinefits. I am your host, Alex McAllister. Thank you for listening. This week, I am joined by the lovely Caitlin Richardson. Caitlin, say hello. Hello, Alex. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yep, and this is our first time meeting um, visually. I think (laughs) my mom called me once while you were over and so we talked but yes this is our first face-to-face virtual meeting and i um am an avid true crime fan like your sister and mom so they very nicely invite me over to hunt a killer with them from time to time oh and i work with your mother for people who don't yeah no they didn't just find me on the side of the street (laughs) hey they've done that before (laughs) no i'm kidding but um, my mom reached out to me about you being on and said that you wanted to do a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. So which one did you choose and why? All right. So, um, yes, I kind of shoved my way into your podcast when I heard about it. I, um, wouldn't take no for an answer. So, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I chose what's eating Gilbert grape. It's, um, I want to say out of all of his films, maybe a little more obscure because it's not Mm -hmm. one of his heartthrob roles that he's known for in the 90s. Um, But it's an incredible performance by him. And I want to say, I think it's one of his breakout roles. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And whenever, whenever I go through this and take my notes, I look at the actors and like what else they were in. Mm -hmm. And with Leo, like, Everybody knows who he is. I was like, I don't even know what movies to write down. There's not enough room on a page to write down everything he's known for. Absolutely. So it was kind of cool seeing, like, him. I think he was 19 or something when they shot this. Yeah. Actually, I think he was... uh, uh, Okay, I read he was 17 because when he turned 18 on the set, he sent his mother home because he, I guess, was no longer, you know... Yeah. Didn't have to have supervision or whatever. So. That's funny. Yeah, he... I'll get into it. Don't worry. Okay, <laughs> Did so... I just take one of your points? I'm so sorry. No, I'm no, I was Leo. going to expand on a point, but then I was just like, we could just talk about Leo at the Leo section or uh, later in the movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> but anyways, I'll get into some of the stats behind the movie. If you have anything, feel free to jump in. The budget for this was $11 million, which is pretty low. Especially if you think, hey, Leo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp are in a movie. But obviously this was before they were huge. Right. Yeah. And um, the box office, it only made $10 million. Yes. So it didn't make any money. I read that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, I did see... After it was released and it came out on VHS and DVD, that's when people started watching it and it spread around, but still not enough money to make back what they spent on the budget. Okay. Did you, in your research, did you read anything about the time that it was released and what other films were released during that time? No, I didn't. I normally do. So now I feel bad. Did you? I did. Great. (laughs) Okay. So um, apparently it was released in December, which is, you know, sort of the Oscar season. Mm. And Schindler's List was released in the same week. And Philadelphia with Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington was released the week after. So poor What's Eating Gilbert Grape, this little quirky film, (laughs) didn't really have a chance at the box office with those two, you know, masterpieces. So Exactly. And especially like those having like well-known people and this, it had Johnny Depp who he'd been in some stuff, but you know, he wasn't huge. So Right. And same for Leo. Yeah. Okay, so this was directed by Laze Halstrom. I might, I may have said that wrong. I think I that sounded to, perfect. Thank you. I listened <laughs> to a YouTube video of how to say it, but that was last week, and I've forgotten since then. <laughs> I should have done that, like, today. Should have done that five minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> and then it was written by Peter Hedges, who wrote the book. Right, okay. And cool. so... You might know Laze. He was a music video director starting out, and then he ended up directing 
Chocolat, and ah. most recently, A Dog's Purpose, which I remember seeing trailers for. It looked incredibly sad, so oh. I did not see it. I have not seen that. That yeah. oh, anything with, with anything with dogs and yeah, sadness. I don't know if I could take. But Chocolat was in Johnny Depp in that as well. Yes, he was. Very. Cool. I haven't seen it, but. I know from writing this down. <laughs> I've only seen bits and pieces on TV. I'm a terrible Johnny Depp fan. And then Peter Hedges, um, he's written a couple books that have been made into movies. I hadn't heard of any of the others, but he is the father of Lucas Hedges, who I like. He was in Honey Boy, Lady Bird, mid-90s. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <gasps> Here, like that one's news. great. Is that a Coen Brothers? No. No. Okay, you just told me. Never mind. It does have the wife of one of the Coen Brothers in it, Frances McDormand. Though. Love her. She's great. Yeah. And in a lot of yeah, Coen Brothers films. Okay, so now I'll move on to the titular character of Gilbert Grape, who is played by Johnny Depp, obviously. Um, he committed to doing this before there was even a script. He read the book and was just a big fan. And so very that's cool. pretty awesome. He is, he was born in Owensboro, Kentucky, ooh, ooh. which I didn't know. You didn't know that? No, I oh didn't. Oh my gosh, Alex. That's like right across the river from where I am and where you grew up. So exactly. that's our like claim to fame in our little Midwest town. I thought, we were home to Orville Redenbacher. Okay. That's who I always say. That's my claim to fame. You gotta uh, change it up, and no one cares about Orville Redenbacher. So uh, sorry. I guess not. <laughs> so before this, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street, Platoon, Edward Scissorhands, and was in Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those, unfortunately. You have never seen Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> no. <gasps> Get out of here. You got it. Yeah. That has to be on your list for movie watching. Okay. Platoon has been on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. And most of my list, unfortunately, is taking a back seat to this podcast. Right. I didn't think about that, how much more I have to add. So that's going <laughs> to be fun. And then after this, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Johnny Depp is, but he is in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Chocolate, as we mentioned, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, mm -hmm. Sweeney Todd that mm -hmm. I really liked, and then one. Alice in Wonderland, mm -hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. Bunch I of others. Name it all. And he's also a musician. Yes! He started a band with Alice Cooper and Joe Perry. So cool. Yeah. He was in a documentary that I saw. I know I'm going on tangents here. You're going to have to reel me back in. Um, it was a documentary called The Basement Tapes. And I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. So it was, um, oh, it, there were, it was a collection of musicians like Marcus Munford, um, Dawes, um, Drawing Blanks, T Bone Burnett was a producer, but they mm -hmm. all uh, came together, Elvis Costello, and they recorded these. Um, tapes that Bob Dylan had, he had started writing when he was in upstate New York one summer, I think after a motorcycle accident and he never released this music. And, hmm. um, Johnny Depp was actually on a track and he was playing the bass in That's the documentary. Cool. So I'll have to send you the, um, link to that, to that documentary. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't know. I, for some reason I'm always interested in people that are super talented like people that can act can play music do art and stuff like that i don't know why i'm just always super impressed by it and so same me too maybe because i have fan. no talent <laughs> <laughs> same here i'm like i can do nothing i just can appreciate it <laughs> yeah i taught myself how to juggle once it doesn't <laughs> last too long but hey that's my claim to talent that's not bad it's not bad yeah and moving on to Leo DiCaprio as oh. Arnie Grape. Yes. He kind of stole the show in this, I would say. Totally. Um, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor after this. Mm -hmm. uh, he was only 19 years old. Yeah. Which is impressive. Very. And he was in 
before this, he was in This Boy's Life yes. with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, um, when What's Eating Gilbert Grape came out, Robert De Niro was like, hey, you got to check out this kid. And that's when Martin Scorsese saw or first learned about Leo DiCaprio and was a big fan. Oh, I love hearing that because yeah. I didn't know that. And I love this Scorsese DiCaprio love affair that has happened mm-hmm. in film because anything they do together is complete gold. And, um, ah, oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. This boy's life is also very good. I haven't seen that one. Well, unfortunately. I own all of Leonardo DiCaprio's <laughs> films except like two obscure ones. So nice. I, I can let you borrow any of them. Sounds good. <laughs> and yeah, everybody knows Leo DiCaprio. He's, Titanic, The Departed, Inception. I don't have to name everything. Right, right. Just wanted to name a couple. And to prepare for this role, he says that he met with kids with autism and Mm -hmm. just got to hang out with them. And he said it was like really rewarding because they're just always excited and happy about everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a cool um experience for him to do at such a young age and then to see how it affects those people's lives Mm -hmm. so i thought that was awesome yeah and the other actors actresses in this i'm actually like i loved all of the background or like side characters in this everyone was incredible so i'm just gonna name some of the people juliette lewis as becky Mary Steen Burgeon. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the lady she plays. Is it Amy? Um, is she the older sister, Amy? No, she is the <laughs> oh. the mom that is, like, obsessed with Johnny Depp's yes, character. Yes, she's the yeah. unfulfilled, unhappy housewife. Exactly. Who is ha- yes, yes. She's great. She's in a lot of movies as well. Yeah. Stepbrothers. She's in... Yeah, with John C. Uh, Riley. Stepbrothers <laughs> with John C. Riley, who's also in this movie. Right. I liked him in it as well. Yeah. And then Crispin Glover, he's George McFly in the Back to the Future movies, but he played the um, the Undertaker or whatever, John C. <laughs> Riley's friend. And he, I loved him in this because, you know, he was like, hey, how's your mom doing to like a random person? And he's like, I haven't seen her at church in a while. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's doing fine. And he, like, you could tell he was disappointed. He's just wanting people to die. So I he know. Has business. He's yeah. such a weird guy in this movie. I know. Movie. I love it. And him and John C. Riley are this total mismatch pair of friends that are so weird. Like John C. Riley being obsessed with this burger barn that's <laughs> yeah. coming to town, and his friend who is this very, I don't know, morbid Undertaker person. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they were on, I was just like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> so funny. And then the mom is played by Darlene Katz, I think. Mm-hmm. And she was really that big, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I literally, whenever it showed her on the screen, I wrote down, Mama is huge. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's massive. You're um, correct. They ended up, like, later on in the movie, whenever she's, like, walking up the stairs or whatever, they couldn't actually shoot that. She could only make it up two stairs. No kidding. And so then they just, like, put it on a loop so- and, like, edited it so it looked like she was walking up the staircase. Wow. But she could seriously only walk up two stairs. I did not know that. Did yeah. you read how the... I believe it was the screenwriter. Um, how they found her? I did see something, but I don't remember right now. I don't think I wrote it down. Okay, I I'll tell you what I found out, and you tell me if it's the same thing. Okay. So um, apparently, she was actually. I mean, well, as we said, she's she's that big. She's I believe mm-hmm. she was around like five hundred pounds, but she was agoraphobic and didn't leave her house for five years. And mm-hmm. she was on an episode of Sally Jesse Raphael, which Alex, I don't know if you remember this talk no. show host. Red hair in the nineties, big red glasses. No? No Sally no. Jesse? Okay. <laughs> I'm like almost thirty. It's I'm having a crisis about it, but I remember <laughs> Sally. 
And she was on this show about being this like shut in housewife, you know, obese, like uh, agoraphobic person. And when the screenwriter saw this um, episode, he apparently started crying because he thought that she already embodied mama the character mm. of mama this was she was essentially living this life you know that this this character in this book that they were trying to make into a film um she was she was already this person and i think she lived in texas if i'm not mm. mistaken was her hometown was that what you read as well yes it was okay cool <laughs> so it must be and true it, yeah and after this she did end up losing 240 pounds no way before she died yeah. Wow. Oh, so she died. Yes. She was, I think, 70 when she died. It was only a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. But, so she. Yeah. I mean, good for life. her that she lost all that weight. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I heard Johnny Depp would apologize to her after scenes just for because <laughs> he just roasts her the entire movie. <gasps> right. And yeah, it's pretty sad. Right, I read that as well, that he was just this such, like, sweet, kind-hearted person that would mm. call her up and apologize for what his character would do on screen. Yeah. Ah, oh, what a good guy. Yeah. Okay, so now, that's all I have for my pre-movie section, but, so we can go into the movie section, unless you have anything else to add before we dive in? I don't think so, I'm ready to dive in. Okay, and spoilers, everybody. Spoilers, so you know. if I haven't already spoiled stuff already. Yeah. So, <laughs> is there anything specific you want to start on? Or do you want me to go ahead? You go ahead, and I'm going to follow your lead. Okay, I think that I read this somewhere else. I don't take credit for this, mm -hmm. but they spoke on how everyone in the movie has a disability and so like leo's obviously is his disability mm -hmm. but gilbert grapes is his little brother with that disability he can't live the normal life because mm -hmm. he has to take care of his brother mm -hmm. the mom's is her depression mm -hmm. where she can't leave the house she's couch ridden and mm -hmm. huge and then mary steenburgen hers would be like her family you know she's not into being a good mom, anytime right. Johnny Depp comes over, she's like, kids, go outside. <laughs> right, right, because she's, uh... <laughs> yeah, and I think that was a cool comparison to make and how, like, everybody, if you get down to it, has a disability, and I think it's kind of a way it makes everybody more human. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, do you have any thoughts on that? If there's any examples I can't think of or anything. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. There's like so much that is dysfunctional in this film. Mm. And I guess what I really like about it is it's not like a film where there's this huge plot so much, you know, mm -hmm. it's all about the character development and their relationships. And um, yeah, every person has um, this struggle per mm -hmm. se about what's going on and um while arnie's is very you know he's mentally challenged i i don't know just the, the uh I, I don't know but everyone has a challenge but what did you think about juliet lewis's character becky she comes in like this breath of fresh air you know mm -hmm. and is sort of the like the sane person in this town of dysfunction yeah um i actually like I felt like I could relate to her character because everybody else just like wants to sit in their own small town. And then me, as soon as I turned 18 or whatever, I was like, okay, I'm going away for college. You're and Becky. College, yeah, I was like, I'm moving to Colorado. <laughs> I'm Gilbert Grape. I'm still <laughs> in the Midwest town. <laughs> yeah. But i liked her character because she was so much different than everyone else and like you said she was a breath of fresh yeah, air uh -huh. and the only like downside was that not even downside but it showed gilbert that like what he's missing and then that kind of made him start to neglect his responsibilities mm -hmm. and so like in the end it was a good thing for him 
you know, he grew as a person, but for a right. while, you know, it kind of took him on like a downward slope, I think. Right. It was a scary, a, a definite scary point, especially when he sort of like, he, I don't know, it's like he remained complacent for so long in his life and even put, he puts everyone ahead of him and took care of everyone. Um, and I think that really, you can see it throughout the whole film, but I think it really shines through too when Juliet Lewis asked him, what do you want? I think, I can't mm-hmm. remember if it's what do you want in life or whatever. And and he says a new brain for Arnie, for mama mm-hmm. to you know take aerobics and lose weight and list all these things for his family. And she's like, what do you want? And he doesn't even mention himself. So yeah, that whole putting everyone first. And then when he starts to... I don't know. It's this, this like push and pull within himself. And then he gets to a point where he even becomes violent towards Arnie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was this di- downward spiral for a while. So it's just a really incredible movie as far as um, that character yeah. development ride that you're taking on. Yeah. And like you said, he's the whole movie. He doesn't know what he wants. And then at the end, he's trying to introduce Becky to his mom. Yeah. And his mom's saying no. And then he's like, no, this is what I want. Yes. And then, yeah. And like, as soon as he said that, I was just like, that's incredible. <laughs> Good job, goosebumps. Gilbert. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think like, even though Leo's performance stole the show in this, like the character of Gilbert Grape to me was like my favorite part, I guess, mm-hmm. other than... I already said the background characters were my favorite part. <laughs> I guess the whole thing's my favorite part. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, he's he really like can overcome his um I can't remember the word you said. Not negligence. What but... did I say? Complacency? Was <laughs> yeah, that the word? <laughs> you know, I was thinking when you were talking about that that like underlying theme of everyone in the in the film having some sort of like dysfunctionality or disability. Um, I was really like also thinking whenever I watched it, like it is sort of this, like the subject matter of mental health because you had, um, Arnie himself who Mm -hmm. was mentally challenged. So Darlene Cates, who played mama was very clearly depressed. Um, and she never really got over the death of her husband, which I guess it's implied that he committed suicide. We didn't really get much of that backstory, but Mm -hmm. I'm assuming maybe there was some sort of depression or some, something that, you know, was going on there to that led him to that. And then the wife, the unfulfilled wife who Gilbert was having a affair, an affair with, Mm -hmm. who was clearly this, I don't know, disassociated, depressed (laughs) woman who hated her life. Yeah. There were so many moving parts to this movie. Mm -hmm. So it was that total underlying theme that connected all of them. Um, Yeah, it was somehow a depression or dysfunction or disability. So it was it was interesting. It wasn't exactly a feel good movie the whole way through, but it was simple. It was a movie about nothing and everything is the Mm -hmm. only way I can really explain it. It's probably like the most accurate depiction of like a small town that I've seen and every character feels human. Yes. And I just love the way that this movie was written. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one thing at the beginning, he's doing like the Gilbert's doing the voiceover narration or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at one time, he's talking about Arnie and he's like, some, some days you want him to live. Some days you don't. And I thought like you, when you picked this movie, you told me to watch the trailer and that line was in the trailer. Uh I was just like, is Arnie going to die in this? Like, I don't (laughs) want to watch that. I'm going to be sad. What kind of movie did she pick? (laughs) Exactly. He spoiler. He doesn't die. Um, He doesn't. So I was happy. (laughs) Someone does die. Someone does die. Which I don't know um, if we're going to talk about that. We probably should. That's that's a if we're analyzing this film, we should get to that at some point. Go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to speak on one thing, and then we can go to that, unless this m- takes your mind somewhere else. It probably will. But um, it, during that opening scene, he like has the grasshopper. Yes. And he puts it in the mailbox and like decapitates its head. Yeah. And 
I read that they had like animal rights people on the <laughs> shoot or whatever, and then he did, like he wasn't supposed to actually kill it, and then he did. It's and so they're so just like, Peter showed well, up. Yeah, they're just like, well, you can't do that, and they were like, I mean, it was an accident, and they're like, well, okay. But I thought that was funny. Like that they kind were, of is. They were literally on scene just for that reason. Oh, and gosh. it ended up dying. <laughs> Poor grasshopper, RIP. Yeah. Um, so now we can talk about the mama. Oh, yes. And she... It was funny. She was getting mad. I don't remember why. And she's, like, stamping, stomping her feet. And it, like, shows them look under the table and, like, the floor's caving in. Yes! And then they invite John C. Riley over to, like, he's a handyman, I guess, to check out their basement. Like, the floors are caved in. Yeah. And, like, she gets up to go to the bathroom and is, like, walking. And they're just being quiet and, like, still. Because they're like, this can cave in at any minute and kill us all. Right, right. Yeah. And then... Eventually, I mentioned it earlier, she climbs up the stairs, Mm -hmm. and she goes and lays in bed, and I thought, like, ah, this is cool, she's gonna, like, start being more active and start trying to lose weight, Mm -hmm. she lays in bed, gets Arnie to come cuddle up next to her, and she's dead. Mm -hmm. And I literally wrote, while she was walking up the stairs, I was like, she's gonna have a heart attack, like... She hasn't moved in forever, and she's climbing up all those stairs. It was a struggle, for sure. And then you have to think about, she just had a lot of stress and activity when she went to the jail to get Arnie out of jail because he kept climbing that damn water tower. Yeah, and (laughs) I did want to talk about the water tower, actually, is, like, he tries to climb it a few times, and... It's kind of like with the suspense of the movie, I guess, and like how tense everything gets. The higher he gets every time he climbs it, climbs it, the more tense the movie gets, and then he finally gets to the top, and that's like the breaking point for everything in the movie. Oh my god, that's a really great analysis, Alex. Holy crap. Yeah, thank you. No wonder you have your own podcast about movies. I, I guess so. I don't know. Damn, that was good. Yeah, that's a really great point. I also really like um, when he climbs it the first time and they sing that song. He, he sing, Johnny Depp sings that song to him to get yeah. him down. I think that's such an endearing, um, yeah. sweet part. But then you start getting incredibly frustrated every time you're like, oh my gosh, he keeps climbing this water tower and mm-hmm. someone and get him. Yeah, it's like, it's mostly Johnny Depp's fault too because he goes inside to have sex with the Mary Steenberg. (laughs) You love her name so much. I do. Um, She's married to Ted Danson. No way. Of course. Cheers. Yeah. They're in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm together. Great show. Exactly. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. She, I don't know what it is with her. She's always trying to have sex. And like that one time she's like, hey, can you dial this number for me? I got stuff on my hands. And he dials it. It was like, it's ringing here. She's like, oh, you know, stuff on my hands. And then it's her husband. Yeah. And then she just like starts trying to blow Johnny Depp while he's on the phone with her husband. I know. She made me feel so awkward. Like, but also I was like, stop it. Just get out of here, lady. Stop doing that. You weirdo. But yeah, she, yeah. her character was um, whew, a mess. Mm-hmm. And then that I think that's when he leaves and she's like, don't leave. Yeah, because she had like cookie dough or something yeah. on her hands. Yeah, she's baking then, cookies. Yeah, she was like, don't leave me. If you walk out that door. Yeah. And then he left and he goes to see her husband because like that's what he talked about on the phone. Right. Um. And then when he's out there with the husband at the husband's office, he gets a call and he's like, something's wrong or whatever. And I thought she killed herself or something <gasps> Oh, because she is like depressed. Distraught. And so he goes over there and she like, 
just burn the cookies or something. Is having husband, a meltdown. Mental yeah, the husband breakdown. has a huge meltdown. He's like throwing the kids in the pool. Yeah. And then he ended up dying himself. There's two deaths in the movie. I forgot about him. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah. And it was kind of like they hinted at she might have had something to do it. Mm-hmm. To do with it. Um, that like... He was found face down in the pool, oh. but the coroner or undertaker guy, Crispin your, Glover, your favorite he, character. <laughs> yeah, he said that there, like, there wasn't foul play. He just had, uh, was it a heart attack? I don't remember what. It was. I think so. I think he said that he had a heart attack. But yeah. that whole scene, oh my gosh, it was just such a mess. It was so much dysfunction in that marriage, <laughs> in, in yeah. the town of Endora. <laughs> exactly. And it's ironic that before that, when Gilbert was in his office, he was trying to sell him like life insurance and medical insurance. He's like, you right. never know what can happen. Right. And then he dies like 20 minutes later. Right. I hope he had life good life insurance. I guess so, since she and her kids got out of town, got out of Dodge. Yeah. yeah. Also, everyone in the town thought she was a murderer, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that probably she helped. She could have been. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about was the, he keeps going over there because he works at the local grocery store mm-hmm. and they had the big bargain mart or whatever it's called. Foodland. Yeah. Foodland <laughs> open across town. And like, it's, there's hardly ever anyone in the little convenience store except for her. Like she comes and. Or she calls and gets deliveries. <laughs> Every day. Def- she, yeah. She's in the store shopping and then asks for a delivery for later as well. Yeah, like- <laughs> exactly. And she just wants Johnny Depp to come over so yeah. she can... I mean, I get know. it. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also kind of liked that side storyline with the convenience store because like, they were stressing out about it and then... They were baking a cake for Arnie's 18th birthday. And this was also kind of the culmination is like he eats the birthday cake that he wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so they have to get a new cake and Gilbert goes to Foodland and buys one of the pre-made one ones. And whenever he's walking out, his boss is sitting out there. Right. So it's, like, it's like ultimate betrayal. Exactly. But also was his boss there just like scouting out the competition i assume so that's kind of the i I would hope he wasn't shopping there that's what like my original thing was but then i was like well his wife wasn't in the car with him what if like his wife ran in to get food or something and he was just sitting out in the car and then saw Saw gilbert Gilbert. either way it'd still be a betrayal i guess both were caught red-handed exactly (laughs) but about the birthday party, that's kind of the whole culmination of all the feelings and stuff was mm-hmm. everybody's getting ready for his 18th birthday. Right, because he wasn't supposed to live to see his 18th Exactly. Birthday. And it's weird, like the whole town was there. The whole town, party. right. Yeah. <laughs> right, which isn't like that many people. Yeah, <laughs> but you know... Not that many people go to my birthday parties. What did I do wrong? I don't even have birthday parties. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, he eats the cake, and Gilbert ends up punching him. He's trying to get him in the bathtub because Mm -hmm. he, one time, you know, left him in the bathtub and went and hung out with Becky. With Becky, who he's in love with, right? Yeah, and he comes back and... Arnie's freezing in the bathtub. He didn't get out on his own. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't bathe after that. And he's yeah. like scared of water. Right. And I read that Leo actually didn't bathe <gasps> during the scenes. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he Which, was very dirty. Exactly. Um, I still hate him. <laughs> hey, me too. I love Leo. God, Leo, <laughs> if you ever listen to this, I'm so in love with you. Nice. But, <laughs> He, Gilbert ends up throwing him in the bathtub. Yeah. And I think Arnie, like, grabs his hair and pulls it or something. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell Gilbert's just fed up with him, punches him mm-hmm. multiple times. Right. 
and then he Draws just runs blood. out. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like he was going to run away just completely and just leave it behind. And then I think he started thinking about Becky and turned around and went to her place and Arnie was already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that was kind of like his, you know, that was the turning point for him. Obviously he just beat the crap out of his disabled brother. Right. And right. I wonder, I was thinking he was going to run away and then he thought, Oh, this like Becky lady is going to be leaving anyways. Maybe I should go to her house and leave with her. And then he showed up and Arnie just happened to be there. And then that's kind of how he was like, Oh crap. Maybe, maybe I'm the bad guy here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a scene that was so hard to watch because, um, you know, Arnie is such in a lovable character, Mm -hmm. you know, he has this innocence to him. He is, you know, he's disabled. It's in, you, you just, you have this like empathy for him, but you know, you see Johnny Depp's character, Gilbert go through the entire film where he's like the sole caretaker and you feel for him because, you know, like they're, they're all taking care of mama and Gilbert's responsible for Arnie and they all, all the children in the family, the two, the older sister, and younger sister, everyone has so many responsibilities. And I mean, Arnie even goes to work every day with Gilbert. So mm-hmm. it's like, Ah, you know, you felt like, oh my God, he just has all these responsibilities. And then that breaking point for him, when he hits him, you're like, oh God, like you're, you're fed up with Arnie too. So you're having all these feelings, like you get it, but no, never violence. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was, um, oh, that was such an amazing scene. It was, it was really great on, for both actors and very cool to see, um, that Arnie trusted, Becky and went to ran away to her um, mm-hmm. campsite and then so um, I don't know I kind of wrapped it up nicely it, um, for that the scene being that night that she's working with Arnie getting him to jump into the lake because yeah. he's filthy I mean totally needs a bath before his 18th birthday mm-hmm. and um, you know he jumps into the lake so it was this like even after that, he, you know, he trusts her. He develops that, that trust. Um, it, it was, it, it's just a cool scene. It really is. It's a movie that's so, it's so deep in so many ways. And, yeah. and it's not like the content or the stuff we're talking about the scenes. It's not even like it's this movie with this huge plot, you know, or these big things happen so much, but it's just, um, yeah, the the characters are pretty amazing. So, like you said, human, all very human, yeah. all very real. <laughs> exactly. And I loved, like, after that, at the birthday party, when Gilbert shows up, and he's like, hey, where's Arnie? Like, yeah. I gotta apologize. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't know, ask him yourself. And he's up in the tree, and that was, like, their ongoing bit, was Arnie always likes to hide up in a tree, and then he's like, hey, guys, where's Arnie? And then they're like, oh, I don't know. I can't see him. And Arnie's loving it, loving it, like cracking up. Like he just, it's so fulfilling for him. Yeah, Um, and so I loved when it ended with that. You know, I'm glad it wasn't like a actual heartfelt like conversation or something. Right. You know, they just like made up through that. Yeah, yeah. And so. Absolutely. It's this, it was that like unspoken brotherly bond that they had and are like you said, Arnie not being able to have a um, heartfelt conversation, you know, because of his disability, that was his, you know, way of showing Gilbert that he forgives him, I think. So, yeah. um, and what did you think of um, Leo's performance finding his mother dead at his oh, birthday? Man, that was sad. Did you cry? Honestly. I don't think I did. Cold-hearted, Alex. So, I had just ordered some nachos, and I picked them up about halfway during this movie. I went and got me super nachos, and I was eating them, and I was probably just focused on the nachos. Damn it, Alex! <laughs> That's why you didn't cry. You know? yeah. He chose nachos over Leo. 
Okay, but, I get it. I cry. I cry every time I see it. Because it's yeah. amazing. His, like, ability, the cycle of mo- emotions, like, when he mm. goes in and he's laughing and playing and doesn't understand, and then he's angry, and then he's sad. Like, oh, it's just such a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, a sad scene, but amazing, amazing work by Leo. Yeah. Once again. And then after, like, she's up there laying in bed, and they're they get someone over and they're like, you know, to get her out, we'll have to like get a, the national guard to come over here. Like use a crane. Yeah. 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 And, um, whenever they said that, I was just like, Oh, just burn it down. And then that is what they ended up doing. (laughs) No kidding. You guessed it before. Yeah. Wow. Cause I was like, you know, they had to deal with, you could see with Johnny Depp, like whenever they went to pick up, Arnie from jail Mm -hmm. because he kept climbing that tower. They were like, everybody's laughing at his mom. Yeah. And you could see like with him at the beginning of the movie, he lets kids come over and look at the, look through the windows and laugh at her. Right. And so this time he like saw it actually affecting her. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as they like said that, I was like, "There's no way he would let he would let that, that happen." Because she had yeah. just said, "What it, what was the scene where she she said something about I I didn't always want to be like this. I'm a burden. Yeah. I don't want to be a joke." And you're right, that scene where she's coming out of the courthouse and she's with the family and people are laughing and standing and an old man takes a picture. It was such a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. I think that Gilbert always sort of um, was harsh in a sense to mama and was i don't i know if ashamed is really the right word but he did sort of view her play into that idea of she's a joke and so it was really brave i thought that he um i guess he was the one who uh came up with the idea of Mm -hmm. burning down the house with her in it (laughs) yeah which i mean it makes sense because the the house is falling apart anyways from her weighing so much. Right. And then it also kind of gives them their fresh start. That that he was wanting. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just really liked, yeah, like you said, the closure of burning the house down. It's kind of scary because you're like, okay, it's just four kids now. What are they going to do? Right. But it's like they've been caring for themselves already yeah and mama and like the whole it's weird how like the story like you said when you when they burned down the house you're like of course they did it makes sense it was a great Mm -hmm. ending you know because typically if you're like hey you know a woman died in the house and our kids burned her body in the house with her in it it would be something that you would think like great ending it makes so much sense but the story is is so incredible and it was just a, a, a kind of perfect way to end the film and mm-hmm. offer that uh, closure for everyone, um, like the whole family. And, and and they wouldn't want to stay in the house, I wouldn't think, because, I mean, their mother died in it. Their father committed suicide in the basement. You know, yeah. it has a lot of, um, I would say, awful memories, you know, mm-hmm. maybe tied in with good ones as well. But it didn't really, the house wasn't a symbol of... Um, good things for that family yeah and in my version of reading between the lines this is just my version of what happened what they did after this okay was the mary steenburgen lady she got a bunch of money and went to her place and then she's just like you know what i don't need that house you guys can live in it okay say (laughs) say that again i'm lost I'm lost. Okay. I'm lost. You said you don't like it. <laughs> Mary Steenburgen, you know. Who you love. Her, You're in love with her. Her husband died, you know. Yeah. And so she skipped town. She skipped town. And so they burned down their house, Arnie and Gilbert and all them. And I think it would, like, in my mind, this is what happened because it never speaks on it. But she was like, hey, guys, you know, I know what you're dealing with. I just lost my husband. You guys can have the house. So you know, she gave the house money. to Arnie and Gilbert. 
Yes, in my version of what happens after the Oh, movie. wouldn't that be nice of her? She probably didn't. She wasn't a nice person. No, she wasn't. <laughs> I mean, she loved Gilbert in a weird, strange Love, way. Yeah. Loved getting on with him. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that would be so nice of her. I did wonder that, you know, when he says that his older sister got a job managing a bakery. So Ellen, the younger sister, went with her. And then him and Arnie were picked up, you know, by Juliet Lewis's character, Becky, and her grandmother at the end, which it implied they were there for a year because he was yeah. almost 19. So I kind of thought, well, what did he do? Did he stay there and stay at the grocery store? And where did they live? And um, so, yeah, all of that was not tied up nicely with a ribbon. Mm-hmm. But it was super cool how the beginning, it showed the campers coming in and how that, I don't know, just symbolized this for Gilbert and for Arnie, like just, it's like they were stuck there. They were stuck in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, when people came in with their campers from other places, it just symbolized the sort of freedom. So for it, the ending to end that way with the campers coming in and they're leaving with one, you know, is, yeah. was kind of cool. Yep. And like, like I've said, I, I left my home. So the whole time I was watching this, I was like, the only happy ending is Gilbert needs to get out of here. <laughs> right, right. But so I'm cool biased, he did. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you can stay wherever you are right. and live the perfect life. But for me, it was the choice to leave. And right. I felt that was the same choice for Gilbert. Oh, totally. Gilbert had to get out of there. And, you know, I watched a um, an old E! interview with Johnny Depp from... Mm-hmm. I think maybe 93 when the movie was released Mm -hmm. and it was so cool because of course, one of the, the interviewer um, asked, so what's eating Gilbert grape? (laughs) Like the title (laughs) of the film, what's eating. And he was like, I think that um, Gilbert grape is essentially eating himself from the inside out. Like he is, um, dealing he he hides a lot of emotions and Mm -hmm. he swallows a lot of his emotions and thoughts and he's um that's essentially what is eating gilbert grape is himself his own dysfunction and his own um maybe mental health (laughs) you know or lack thereof you know um and in staying in that small town so that was really cool that he was able to answer the question of the title yeah i think the like the easy version of that answer would just be like, oh, his family, his responsibilities, all right. that stuff. Right. But I, I do like that answer. Like, it's more of internal, the internal struggle. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what the movie's about. So, totally. I like it. Me too. Yeah. So, rate it, Alex. What did you think okay. about it? Oh, man. I think I'm going to rate it three. Wait. What about out of what? you? Out of what? What? It's one to three. That's oh, the scale. Oh. Whew, okay. It's either one, two, or three. Okay. I was almost mad at you for a second. <laughs> uh, three for sure. It's one yeah. of my faves. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. I always say this. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to like it as much. Uh-huh. It looked terribly sad. Yeah. And it kind of was, but you know, it wasn't totally. Totally. Right. Right. But. Yeah, it's incredible. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Totally do. Yes. It's an easy watch, too. You know, like, it doesn't feel like there's any point where it drags. It's I just, agree. I agree. Yeah. I told your mom earlier, I go, it's one of the movies that I just, I will put on in the background sometimes. It's a very just familiar, easy, love, love it movie. I've always loved mm-hmm. it. Um, so it's it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one for those fans, uh, Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio fans that want to see them in something. Although, Leo fans, you must be warned, it's not a heartthrob role. Yeah. <laughs> you might not yeah, be in it, love with him in this role. <laughs> it was really cool seeing him, like, this was him, this is his roots, like, this is where he came from, and mm-hmm. now he's making billion-dollar movies and all that. Right. It's incredible. Right. Totally. Yeah. So, Caitlin, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yep. Yeah. If if you ever want to do another Leo movie, 
let me know. Hit me up. I can talk about any any of them, all of them. <laughs> awesome. And then I always give a recommendation at the end of these. Okay. So my recommendation is the Peanut Butter Falcon. I've never seen it. It has Shia LaBeouf. Like him. In it. I think it came out last year, 2019. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I have two friends here in Colorado that have also seen it and we love it. So I might get both of them on to review it. Nice. But it's incredible. Um, yeah, you got to check it out. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, I will. I awesome. totally will. At least watch the trailer. Oh, for sure. Yep. And it should be on Amazon Prime. Got I it. I believe. So All right, cool. Easy access. Yes. And then, is there anything that you would like to promote? Uh, this podcast. There we go. <laughs> no, other than that, no. Leonardo DiCaprio. I'll promote him go. all day, every day. Great. So, uh, just moving on. The next episode is going to be in October when it gets released, I think. Ooh. Halloween month. It better be, at least. Uh... Yeah, it'll be like October 1st or 2nd when the next episode gets released. So, I'm going to have Kane Dennis on. We just met, like, the other day on Twitter because he listens, so I'm excited. Turns out um, our moms grew up together, so that should be fun. Another genie connection. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And we will be watching hereditary (gasps) good one yeah it's one of my favorite movies and he picked it so i was pretty pumped nice yeah um and then after that i think my mom's gonna be on so genie herself three genie connections (laughs) in in a row oh i guess four because erica was before this oh my gosh is this genie's podcast i guess so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this can just be the genie fan club podcast i love it i'm in the genie fan club yeah she's an awesome lady you she guys is. will meet her <laughs> okay well with that being said again thank you for joining me thank you and thanks everybody for listening have a great day evening night anything bye